Hello and welcome to the other 99% podcast where we take a step back from the 1% gains that society has become obsessed with and instead talk about the other 99%. Throughout this series we will discuss everything from nutrition to sleep, training methods, work-life balance, leadership and mental health. Hi George. It's basically flawless now isn't it? Yeah, I think we can just like assume it's going to be perfect every time from now on. People have thought that we've recorded it once and just add it in at the start. It, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. <laughs> you are actually that good. Yeah, well, I get told that a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to, actually. <laughs> it still counts if it's your mum, you know. <laughs> you can still well, be I, a special boy. I, I'm back at home now, so... Aww. Maybe get a bit of yeah, positive reinforcement. You've got a big um, you've got a big week coming up, or a big couple of days, haven't you? Yeah, I've got this cross-linking eye surgery procedure tomorrow. Do you know what? I was Googling this last night because I didn't actually know. And they, I can't remember exactly what it is, but they put vitamin A into your eye somehow to make the cornea stronger. So then it shouldn't continue to change shape, which is what's making my vision get worse. So that's what it is. But what I was most interested in was, am I just going to be able to crack on with my life after this? And they say to avoid exercise for about a week in case you get sweat in your eye. But it's so cold outside at the moment. I feel like I can carry on running. So yeah, I'm not going to sweat from my eyeball. So if you get sweat, running minus two. You're going to manage. Again. You're going to manage a whole week without exercise. Well, no, I'm going to wait until I'm going to run again on Sunday. Do my long run on Sunday. What's the long run at the moment? Um, I am up to ten kilometres for my long run at the moment. <sighs> That's a long run. I don't yes. know. It's a long run for me. My longest run ever is about 15. It's going all right then, isn't it? It's still working towards the same challenge. Yeah, actually, I'm still working towards that. Yeah, I've still been running four times a week. Same challenge. I know. I, I, I was thinking a better intermediate goal is a 600 pound total. Oh, sorry, 600 kilogram total and a 20 minute 5k. Because okay. doing the really high intensity stuff outside at the moment, you just feel like I can't breathe, it's so cold. Yeah. Um, I went out, uh, I did an exploration of Surrey yesterday, so I was out for a while. And yeah. at times I was absolutely frozen. It's like minus yeah. two. Um, yeah, and it's just quite cold. Uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. You know, the snow has made it better, but yeah, it was certainly chilly. So I wouldn't want to be running. Yeah, this time last week I did Snowden, didn't I? And I was minus six at the top. Did you just fancy that? Because you sent me a text just of of Snowden when just going to climb this. Just as I was setting off. Yeah, I was just because you know I get I get a Monday and a Thursday off of work. Yeah. And normally on your first day off work, you just feel like you're too tired to do anything, so you don't do anything, and you're back and work the next day, and that just repeats. So I was just fed up of not doing anything on my day off. So you know, I'm going to go and do something. And I nearly didn't go because we played Liverpool on the Wednesday night. And then we got back at about half 11. I was like, oh, I really don't fancy getting up and going to work. So I wanted to get there. It was about a two hour drive, climbing and getting back down before it got dark. So I had no idea where I was going. So I got up at six the next morning and just got on with it. Did you use that app in the end? No, I just just went for it. Yeah, just headed uphill. I got lost once. <laughs> well, you're still here now, so. <laughs> yeah, but that was good. I'm going to take on 
tricky suggested again that harder route which i'll have a go at next time but there were yellow weather warnings so i thought my first time doing anything like that i just take the easy route up yeah there's a few different ways you can do snowden isn't there i remember doing the easiest of the easy when i was um when i was quite young um you see people at the top in their full kind of hiking climbing regalia and i think i was a little kid i've just walked up yeah. Wow, I didn't quite comprehend that there are so many different ways you could go up the same mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I thought the same thing. Um, and when I went to work the next morning, one of the physios was like, did you just walk up it? And like, are you one of those people that just walk up it in your normal stuff or do you like take the outdoors seriously? <laughs> so it can be quite dangerous, can't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely it can. At minus six, it can be very dangerous. Yeah. I went the really easy route up as well. What I found quite funny was about halfway up, the footprints of the other people from that morning just stopped. So you could tell you're on like the easier route. So you just got to the steep point and thought, nah, I'm going to leave this. And I, I got to the halfway point in about an hour, having got lost already. So I thought, I'm going to fly up this. So I'll be up there in a couple of hours. Obviously, it gets steeper and steeper and steeper. And it took me about, I think it was two and a half hours to get to the top in the end, which is not, not bad going. Oh, that's pretty decent. Yeah. What else have you been up to this week? Uh, well, I'm on holiday now, so I'm super relaxed, um, which is nice. Just, I've got a week of, I don't know, I thought this first week would be totally chilled and empty, but actually it's ended up really quite full and busy, uh, which is good. It is good. Um, we're heading down to the southwest next week. So it's just a week. Well, of, we're, we're going to do our exciting live podcast, aren't we? Exactly that. Yeah, nice little segue into that. Um, so yeah, it's been. I uh, had a little battle with the cold water on the weekend. Uh, I was down at the lake, and the last time I was at the lake was two weeks ago because I was in the sea in between, and it went from about nine and a half degrees to less than six. And I, I'll be honest, less than six was pretty damn cold, if I'm honest. Yeah. So. It's freezing. Yeah, we're well, not quite freezing. Freezing zero. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I said that, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Just about six degrees above freezing, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon. Give or take. Roughly, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to spread misinformation, do we? <laughs> um, but I, I put exactly the same because I'm... Well, technically off work now with this operation tomorrow, but I feel like I've got, I've got a million things to do before I can actually go on leave. Um, yeah, it's always a way you work twice as hard before you go off and then twice as hard when you come back to catch up for a little bit of time off. Yeah, I, so I do sometimes wonder like how much benefit you get from it, but because uh, I'm in a boarding environment now, the Christmas holiday is a week longer than all the other schools. And I've copped a bit of flack from people saying, you know, oh, you've got a super long Christmas holiday, slacking off, whatever. I actually couldn't give a toss. Uh, I'm yeah. very happy that I've got a long holiday and two things up to the rest of you, basically. Well, I've, I've basically got three weeks off. Oh, phenomenal. I'll go back on the third. Same. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably enough chit-chat. All our viewers are going to get bored, aren't they? Yeah. If they're not already. And should we delve into, should we delve into today's topic? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we like to start these things lighthearted, don't we? But we're, we're going to be talking today about something that 
just isn't lighthearted, whichever way you want to put a spin on it. It's not a lighthearted topic. It's not an easy topic. And I think it's probably worth just adding in at the start that if if it kind of resonates with you on, on a sort of deeper level, then do reach out. Um, we're going to be talking about the, the darker side of Christmas um, because a lot of what we see uh, in the media about Christmas itself, so obviously there's lots of bad things happening in the media, but when you look at things about Christmas itself, it's very positive, it's time with family, it's food, it's presents, it's all, you know, warm and cuddly and lovely. But actually, for a lot of people, Christmas is is not a good time and it's not a happy time. And it, it can be kind of exacerbated by the fact that you feel like you should be having a good time and everyone around you is on holiday and going out and being merry and what have you. So we're going to talk about, um, firstly, some of the statistics around Christmas to try and raise a little bit of awareness of how difficult people can find that. Um, and then, you know, some of the ways in which we can like, help our mates out, basically. We're not asking everyone to turn into a counsellor. That That's not the idea at all, but just different things that you can do and, and slight ways that you can change uh, the phrasing of conversations that you have that, that can have a real big impact on people, basically. Um, so what should we start with the stats? Yeah, yeah. So I, I looked up um, how many people are, are going to get in touch with the Samaritans over the festive period. And the Samaritans are a charity that offer support to people who are in uh, mental or psychological difficulty. Um, predominantly self-harming suicidal thoughts and they are expecting 250,000 phone calls over the festive period that's just the people that are trying to seek out help as well remember um, so the Samaritans are expecting at least 250,000 um, the UK suicide rate in um, at the moment is 16 per 100,000 and then in the US at the moment, there are 3.9 male suicides to every female suicide. But they also said that the female attempted suicide rate is twice that of the men. So just because it's higher in men doesn't mean that women are unaffected by this issue. Um, so I think that's an important stat that it is actually um, impacting everyone, sort of not equally, but closer to that. Um, and that, that is quite surprising that stat because the thing we hear a lot at the moment is that male suicides are a lot higher but attempted female suicides are actually higher than attempted male suicides or male suicides or both um so female attempted suicides are higher than male attempted suicides but the when men attempt they are statistically successful yeah, yeah success seems like a, a strange word to use but i suppose it is correct isn't yeah. it um they are they complete it when they do it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's still the biggest killer of men under the age of 50 in the uk which i think is a, a pretty unbelievable stat um if i'm honest and i think one of the reasons that this topic uh sort of came came to us this time around um is because i think we're very good at having this this conversation after the fact and if you are someone and if you look at the statistics, it's very likely that you know someone or you know of someone that, that suicide or attempted suicide has impacted your life in some way. Statistically, that, that's not a bad claim to make. So I think we're very good at saying, why didn't they reach out? You know, we could have helped. I could have done this. I could have done that to help them. But 
I think part of the problem is you don't want to reach out and, and you don't want to feel like you're being a burden and you you think that you will be even if your loved ones know that you're not you you don't necessarily believe that without having it kind of concretely laid out in front of you and it's the i've spoken about this uh, in a podcast way back when um about quitters actually might have been in a blog uh, about quitters day which is the third monday in january which is statistically the highest um rates of people quitting their jobs and also people giving up on their new year's resolutions so the third monday in january known as blue monday um is also statistically has the highest suicide rate of all days in the uk just that one day alone um and i think that it can be really exacerbated by the christmas period and I'm not trying to guilt trip people about having a good time at Christmas because I think it's incredibly important to enjoy Christmas and family. Um, but some of the risk factors that are associated with suicide in general, um, mental mental illness, uh, clinical depression, alcohol, drugs, physical illness, chronic pain, uh, hopelessness, local ac- epidemics of suicide. So lots of it happening in your area. And then the last one, um, which I think really hits home uh, at Christmas time is isolation. So people feeling very cut off and isolated from the rest of the world, from their loved ones, if they perceive themselves to even have loved ones anymore. Um, so I think that because we know that this day in January is coming up, and I'm I'm not saying that we all need to go out and run around and have different conversations with strangers. That's not the point. But I just think if we're aware of it before we get to that day, and before we get to that fact and change our behaviour moving forwards, it's much better than waiting till this third Monday in January, seeing the statistic come out the same way it does every year and going, what a terrible shame that is. We should do things differently. Well, we're aware of it. Let's do things differently now. Um, so, you know, there, there are lots of statistics about um, mental health, self-harm, suicide, eating disorders from very young people up to the elderly. And, you know, we, we could go on and on about that, but it kind of just reinforces the same the same point. The point is that there's an issue. Uh, and I think we have a, a collective responsibility in society to do something about it. Um, and it's about the, the type of questioning that we use. This is the route that, that my research took me down. Uh, I went on a, a course recently about uh, emotional coaching and this I sort of went further with the research after that and it, and it led me down uh, a quite interesting route actually and it's about creating agency with the people around you so this can be not just those that are people having suicidal thoughts this can be people who are just experiencing low mood so there's, there's a whole scale here that that we can work across and this works for absolutely everyone because nobody is happy all the time we've spoken about um being happy as being a silly goal Um, We shouldn't aim to be happy because it's transient. It can be affected by other things. So the processes and the type of way that we live our life can actually be a lot more important. Um, So when we talk to people, we, you know, someone says, oh, I'm actually finding things a little bit difficult. Well, firstly, that person has chosen you. They've made an effort to tell you that they are they are struggling. And there's a reason that they've chosen you. It will be through trust. Um, perhaps admiration you know they feel like you might have a shared experience but there's a reason and because of the the world we live in I think we've become 
prone to offering advice and trying to fix everything. So when someone comes to you and says, oh, I'm struggling with a low mood, we give them like three different things that they can try to improve their mood. And that comes from a very good place, but ultimately isn't that helpful in the long run. Yeah, we haven't created any agency in this. And we spoke about it from a, a financial perspective, didn't we? You know, when people say, I want to make more money, and they're like, right, well, here's five steps to make more money. Yeah, but why do you actually want to make more money in the first place? Um, yeah. It was in last week's episode. And this is this is where these questions kind of take us. We, we empower people to take charge of their own destiny, in essence, um, and to use what questions and I thought, well, it's got to be, it's got to be more complex than that, surely. Um, and it isn't. So <laughs> when when someone says to you, you know, um, oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling down. Why? I don't know. Yeah, Conversation yeah. over. That, that's everyone's go to as well, isn't it? Like the immediate question that comes to well, certainly in my mind anyway is why? Exactly that. And when you think about open questions, why is an open question? It does give the opportunity for someone to expand on that but it doesn't mean they have to so if you say um to somebody you know what's your dream or what motivates you or what about the situation is making you feel this way it forces them to think more and give a more extended answer and they were looking at the the brain activation during conversations where they were able to give sort of one two word grunty answers versus this and it's a ginormous difference you know they suddenly become very engaged in the conversation just because we've asked it in a very slightly different way and we were joking before we came on didn't we that most of our interactions around day to day is right yeah right yeah but there's, there's no effort involved in that that doesn't make someone feel important whereas if i say you know what matters to you you have to give that some thought and then you have to to come back to me with an answer i've not put any pressure on you to give me a specific answer um and if you you know with your answer i can then go further i don't then say oh, why is it those things because why can inadvertently um the research suggest sort of provide a bit of judgment about what's being said so if i say why that yeah look, even even the way you say it it makes it makes me want to be defensive the, just the way it comes across yeah so if you oh, hit, why are you feeling that yeah it's as opposed to like what makes you feel that way it's such a different yeah have i done something wrong should i be feeling yeah, like this? yeah. Not, not another what question or you know um what do you like when you're at your best when you're at your best what do you do that helps you stay there that type of thing but you could also do it when things are going well for people so that we can help cement you know positive emotion you know i'm feeling great at the moment oh what's happening what's going on that's making you feel that way not why are you feeling that way because it, it just creates this much more open conversation and and this idea of of agency and individual responsibility for our our own emotion without saying to you you're in charge of your own emotion you need to sort this out it's up to you no we're actually just helping somebody get there by just slightly changing the the type of questions that we do so they basically split them into heart head and step um so the heart questions you know i just gave a couple of examples there um more about feelings and then the head questions are you know if someone says to you i feel terrible uh, my boss hates me i hate my job my family hate me nothing's going well 
you know, not necessarily all of those things at once, but, you know, we have certain views about situations. We say, you know, um, what about a different perspective? Now, we haven't said, can you think about this positively? Can you put a positive spin on this? We've just said, what about a different perspective? Which means that the person arrives at the idea of a, diff you know, of a positive scenario by themselves. And it seems like such a small difference, but the fact that they've got there on their own can have a really, really big impact in terms of the length of time that this learning lasts for. If you just give somebody the answer and you steer them to it, it's not going to embed and ingrain as much with them uh, and their values and their personality in the same way that if they achieve it by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the same with trying to influence people, isn't it? You have to make them feel like it's their idea. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you might you might find that the conversation is going to to a point where people say, you know, I, I want to make a change. And you can say, OK, well, what options have you got? What resources are available to you? What is it that you're avoiding at the moment that's stopping you getting there? Um, you know, what have you tried already? You know, all of these things just create agency. They create an individual responsibility and individual engagement with the the topic and the task at hand and yeah. uh, I, it just sounds so simple and yet I thought back on conversations I've had with people about this type of thing where I've definitely not done this and I felt like I've I felt like I've walked away from the conversation thinking I, I did well there I, I listened openly I listened without judgment but then I asked a why question yeah. Or I offered or I offered specific advice. Now, if we're offering specific advice, that's absolutely fine. But that comes into more like a mentoring kind of role where we are potentially a bit of an expert on on the subject or the topic, you know, whatever it is, it might be a past experience that we've had, um, friendship issues, breakups, relationships, whatever it is. And we can say, well, this worked for me. So if you thought about trying that and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But um, I think that I, well, certainly now having done this research and read around this topic, that I will approach conversations very differently uh, as a result of this. And I will try to be more open and use less um, sort of subliminally judgmental terminology, I think. Yeah. And I, I find it really hard to get to that place because there's a continuum of task focused to people focused and I'm right down the end of task focused my head would always be go to like solutions and practical advice and and like we already touched on it's not helpful at all um you want to be further towards the people end and definitely in this scenario and I, I actually think sometimes being super task focused is, is a good thing but not always yeah for sure and I, I don't have the data to back this up um, but if anyone you know disagrees please say on the whole um, I would say that women are much better at dealing with emotion than men. They're much better at having conversations about emotion than men are. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons that is, has been put forward for the difference in suicide rate between men and women is that women are much better at communicating their difficulties than men are. And as men, we become very task oriented and we treat it like a problem that we can solve. Whereas sometimes it doesn't need to be solved. It just needs to be heard. And once it's heard, it's infinitely better. And, 
you know, like you, I'm very task oriented because it's very logical. It's like, well, well, this is happening. So if I do this, it will change it. And yeah. at times that's a good way to be because it can that, you know, it could be right. If you, if you did do this, it would make it better. But it's not always the right way to go. And I think this just offers another perspective. Yeah. And like what you're doing is that the role of coaching is to take people on that journey and you want to instill the idea that they've got all of the all of the tools they need to solve the problems in front of them. They don't need like external help. They've got all the answers you need to get it out of them. Exactly. And to know that you're there while they do that, that they're not doing it on their own. Um, yeah. But I think being able to to give people time to actually answer those questions as well. So um, if you say, you know, what's stopping you from taking your first step? And there's a pause. I think a lot of the time people want to then say, is it this? Is it that? Yeah. Um, do you think it might be this? And all of a sudden we've we've put our own bias, our own view of the situation onto them. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I do think it's that. I do think it's the fact that um, I have to wake up early for work and or whatever it might be. Um, so we need to be prepared to when we listen and listen openly and listen without judgment, we need to do that and be prepared for the fact that it might be an uncomfortable conversation. And that there might be uncomfortable silence, yeah, but, but it's helpful. Yeah, people are really, really bad at. Um, Lost my train. People are really bad at having uncomfortable conversations. I think it's one of the things I'm actually quite good at um, at work anyway, not so much my personal life, but um, yeah, it's, it is a hard thing to do and it's a skill that you have to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that we're set up in society to, to do that, especially at the moment where I think it can be mistaken for potentially virtue signaling. You know, a lot of people have a very difficult time, climate crisis, economic crisis, there's a lot of people having a difficult time and I've, I feel certainly from from my perspective, my experience, that people don't want to be seen to be adding to other people's difficulties by sharing their own. But actually, they need they need to have this. They need to have this opportunity to get that out there. Otherwise, it becomes a much bigger problem further down the line. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's probably another it's probably another male versus female thing, isn't it? Males are like notoriously worse for asking for help, even when you think of things that are not important at all like asking for directions um yeah men, men aren't very good at that compared to compared to women i'm going to find the, the stats for the directions and put them online because i have actually seen that before it's about the number of minutes per year that men spend lost versus women and it's absolutely hysterical <laughs> um so i'm going to track that down check it out on the other 99 instagram because that is going to come um so we've had this heart we've had the head uh, and then we go on to the step questions so this i think is quite a fine line to tread because there's the potential that we start uh offering our own um, ideas onto this so when we're thinking about you know we've had this discussion we've had the conversation and you know you might have three four conversations and never get past the heart questions you don't have to jump straight to the step questions um like what do you want to do what's next what's the one step that you're committed to taking um on a scale of one to ten how committed are you to taking this action you know what are you asking i like this one was uh, the most what are you asking of yourself 
by taking this action? You know, what are you asking yourself to give by taking this action? And these are step questions. These are you're at the point where somebody is going to tell you the changes that they're going to make. But again, you've not offered anything in terms of steering them one way or another by asking these questions. You're just getting them to think about things they can do and taking control of well their own fate essentially and and i thought that um i that rang sort of really true and really nicely with me um to to read these and to think that actually yeah they're they're pretty useful in in everyday life and that that can be from a you know quite a, a serious end of the mental health spectrum but it can be all the way to starting a fitness journey you know that's where this po this podcast began as a health and fitness podcast and these questions are really good for people taking that first step you know what step are you committed to taking well I'm you, you can really every day I, I really like the one to ten questions as well because you can build on that so you gave the example of on a scale of one to ten how committed are you to making this change let's say you give a six like I said okay well what would it take to make that six an eight or a ten and that that forces you to think a bit deeper about um or yeah force you to think deeper about what it's going to take to get there absolutely and i love the fact that you went straight into what's it going to take for you to get to not why is yeah. it six yeah yeah why is it not an eight just the phrasing of that is so so different um it's just one word and it makes such a, a huge impact um, one of the hardest one of the hardest interview questions i've ever heard is um what would you rate yourself for this role out of 10? Let's say, I don't know, you give yourself a seven and then they build it up again. Okay, well, what if I told you this role requires a pen? <laughs> and that's one of the hardest questions like, I think you can ask in an interview. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a detail that, but carry, carry on with where you were going. I think if someone asked me that, I think I wouldn't be able to resist saying I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> I, d I don't think you can I don't think you can score yourself a 10 out of that because no one's perfect yeah so I think it's a really hard question but it's just um it's just a self-reflective question isn't it yeah which isn't always a comfortable experience especially on the spot no um so yeah I think um you know this is my my opportunity to talk about social media which obviously I love to do um but this time I'm sort of going to say that it can be used as a positive as well. I think that social media has the ability to bring us closer together. And yet, because of the uh, sort of unemotive nature of it, the fact that it's just clicks on a screen, it, it, it can actually sort of drive us apart or, or not bring us as close as we think we are. You know, liking somebody's picture is not the same as picking up the phone and speaking to them. You've, you've interacted with that person, but... And, you know, you sort of you could say, oh, we keep in touch on social media because we send a message every six months or whatever. But, you know, it gives the opportunity for us to be in communication with someone at almost any time throughout the day, throughout the year, you know, with no obstacles whatsoever. And we don't we don't do it. Um, yeah. So over this period, like pick up the phone. You know, it doesn't have to be because you think someone's in a difficult situation, but you can. You can just ask them, you know, a heart question about their life. You know, what's happening in your life right now? Yeah, uh, yeah. Someone to think about that and to talk about that. And you might only be on the phone for, for five minutes. And 
I think because of the culture that we have, they'll probably hang up the phone at the end of the conversation and be like, that was a bit weird, <laughs> you know, but yeah. <laughs> but it's not weird, it's important. And I think it's something that we need to normalise because if we don't, we're just going to keep going down the same path that we've we've been going down for this, you know, for a long period of time now without actually changing anything. And all it takes from you, not you personally, Tommy, but you, the, the listener, is just a five minute conversation. You know, pick up the phone. Don't just don't just send someone a WhatsApp saying you're right. Because they, you know, even if they're not, they could be crying their eyes out on the other phone, other end of the they're phone. They're gonna say, yeah, you. Yeah, I'm great. You, like, yeah. it it doesn't give the opportunity for a genuine interaction. I think that things like FaceTime are amazing for that, or Zoom or whatever you use, because. You can actually see the person and what is it like 85% of our communication is nonverbal. So mm. being able to see that person and, and see how they're responding to things is, is also a, it just adds another layer to that kind of personal connection that can help reduce the isolation that, that might happen. And, and particularly over this Christmas period where, you know, you might be living alone or you might be from a separated family where you spend one day with one parent and one day with another, etc. And if you've got friends who are those parents, you know, that's that's something to, to consider as well, just because you've got your family with you and everything's great. Not everyone does. So just being a little bit aware and, and picking up the phone in advance, not just a couple of weeks down the line. Um, yeah, for sure. One, because, one more useful framework as well, which I think links nicely with the step questions is the framework Ted Pie, which we spoke about briefly before. but Head stands for tell me, explain to me, describe to me, and pi stands for precisely, in detail, exactly. So you can use any combination of that that questioning. So, for example, um, explain to me in detail what is making you feel like that, and it it just adds a bit more. Um, it just forces the other person to think a bit deeper and give a really meaningful answer instead of a kind of superficial response. Yeah, and. I think actually sometimes we ask the same question again or if you ask the question get an answer and then just wait for a few seconds you might actually get it you're right yeah silence yeah do you know what i'm not all right actually um obviously we, we wouldn't use the are you all right question but you know what's what's happening in your life what's going well for you right now what's not going well for you right now if you wait you might get that that second option and then you can you know tell me exactly you know what is it about that that scenario um but i just made a note about the fact that you know i said about picking up the phone but i i don't think that any i might be wrong but i don't think any of those people and i use this third monday in january as a, a specific example i don't think any of them wake up on that morning and think do you know what i've never thought about this before today's the day i'm going to take my own life it, it doesn't work like that it, it just so happens that it's a culmination on that specific day and uh, no one's actually offered a, a not that I could find a genuine explanation as to why it is that day but it's you know those people were feeling you know depressed down isolated forgotten before we reached that day we can stop we can stop that happening by taking a step now to to pick up the phone and, and to do something about it so I think that 
whilst we've spoken about this and I always find it when we research about uh, a difficult topic it makes me reflect on my own behaviors my own thoughts my own emotions quite a lot um it's one of the reasons I actually love doing this podcast so much is that we I certainly read more because we do it um we have conversations like this which I just love to do but I think it's about being present as well and I don't really like that phrase but just taking the time to reflect on where you are actually at because life is so busy and it's so full and you know we're getting I think the stat was we're getting as many stimuli in a day as our ancestors would get in a lifetime because of you know the noises the smells the notifications the tv the radio so our brains haven't changed that much since then but you know we can feel very overwhelmed and very swept along by this but take a bit of time to actually just you know have like a little mental check-in with yourselves and you know how how actually am i doing oh my god i I didn't realize i was that tired or i didn't realize that i kept getting frustrated at work or at home because of this you know unless you stop and think about it it can it can pass you by and all of a sudden you're six weeks down the line and it it might have been an easy fix or an easy conversation to have and all of a sudden it isn't because you've left it for too long um but with that being said um you know christmas is a wonderful time and it is something that we should enjoy and it is an opportunity to you know be happy be merry be joyful and i don't i don't want to take away from that from anyone for a second but i would just like us to be slightly conscious that for as happy as we are somebody is on the other side of that fence and it's not it's not their responsibility to bring themselves back you know it's our responsibility to help them yeah this is a slight detail but a couple of you mentioned that about consciousness and stimuli and all that kind of stuff i'm two weeks into meditating each day now and that's one of the things that meditation is really good for it's actually about thinking less and when you stop and just pay attention to the thoughts in your head the sensation of breathing all of the kind of stuff that meditation teaches you about you um you do start to kind of like narrow your focus and stop having all of those thoughts coming into your head and I've already found after two weeks my ability to pay attention doing things has improved already. Like I sat through a film and watched it without looking at my phone once last night and just watched the film, which is probably the first time I've done that in about 10 years, I reckon. Um, so yeah, there's my little sales pitch into the benefits of meditation. Yeah, absolutely. But I think people need to be realistic about that because it's quite difficult, isn't it? Even now, sometimes uh, I'll finish my meditation, partner will be like, you know, how was that, Sam? I didn't focus very well today you know sometimes your mind is quite it's still clearer at the end of it but it, it is a skill that takes time to learn and to practice isn't it you don't just one day start meditating and all of a sudden you're good at it like you, you that do it's really hard like when i did it this morning it was probably the worst i've done over the last two weeks in terms of paying attention i just had so many distractions in my head but that's all part of the process for that are you still using the headspace app no, I'm using Waking Up. It's Sam Harris's app. Um, I read his book a few years ago and liked it, and I listened to his podcast and stuff. And yeah, it just went went with his app. It was eighty quid for the year, which is not not too bad. No, and the fact that you put like a financial investment into it—that's probably what I'm actually doing at this time. You're more likely to do it, aren't you? It is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, one hundred percent. That is that is true. You're invested in it, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I reckon I reckon we're pretty much there for this week, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so I think to summarise, uh, take time. Take time to check in with yourself. Take time to check in with the people around you. Uh, and and be aware of the type of questions that you ask people. Use the what questions. If it starts with what, you're probably on the right lines. We we can create this unconscious bias and judgment without meaning to, without realising we're doing it. So use these what questions. Ask people the heart, the head, um, and the step questions. Start with the heart. You might not get past that. Um, but use what. Keep it open. Allow them to create their own agency. Uh, and realise their own answers for themselves without imposing our our bias on it. Um, but also, what, one thing that's just come into my head there is mirroring. So you spoke about um, agency there. One one thing you can help to get people there is just by mirroring what they're saying back to them. So um, say I said, "What can you feel that way?" Say, well, "This is and this." What I'm hearing is this. Is that correct? And getting them to think from that perspective as well. Is it? That, that's that's called mirroring and that can help create a sense of agency it's like a very active listening technique as well right it, it makes yeah. that person realize that you are genuinely hearing what they're saying as opposed to it just washing over and and you know you maybe pick up on one or two bits of it um so yeah really like that and then i think as well you know enjoy enjoy christmas it is you know for the most part a lovely time of the year it has been snowing recently that comes with problems but we can choose to turn our attention to, to the good side of things about that um so yeah enjoy that period of time and then in addition to that look forward to seeing our live episode happening uh just before yeah. Christmas. yeah and thanks again for listening and we'll be back next week with our live episode looking forward to it